Hey, ringers, welcome to episode 94 of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. So, friends, we have quite the episode for you today. We get into a lot of the feels. Dan loves a feel ski episode. I do love a feel ski episode. He loves a feel ski episode. Guys, we're talking about the importance of making time for you on your wedding day. This is like making time for you as like an individual human being, making time for you as a couple. And there's just some good tips in here to be thinking about now so that you can set yourself up for success when the wedding day comes. And I know you're not all planners out there like me, but it's one of those things that if we can get those wheels turning and get you thinking about this stuff now, now I know that you are going to have an even better day when your day comes. And everybody listen up. If you've gotten any ounce of help or advice or entertainment, because we are hilarious from this podcast, right? We want to continue bringing this to other couples, right? So if you can join us, head over to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash P-A-R-O-I, like put a ring on it. Join us over there. That's how we're going to continue to helping to bring this information, bring this podcast to other couples who are in need and couples who are not couples yet. All the single ladies out there who are listening for their future weddings or whatever, we have bunch of different subscriptions. The most popular is the Ringer Club level. You know, we have some really great things happening over there. You can ask us questions. You have lots of access to us. Again, it just helps support us and helps support future couples and the information that they get from this. So if you're listening to this in real time, mark your calendars. For those of you in the Ringer Club, which is part of our Patreon community, our next virtual meetup is going to be Thursday, November 12th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Guys, we've been having so much fun in these meetups. Please join the Ringer Club and then mark your calendars for that date. It's always the second Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Just come hang with us. Like, Wear your pajamas if you want to. We don't care. We just have a good time talking to you. Everybody has a good time talking to each other. I love it. Hey there, ringers. Welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast. I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner of DPNAC Events. And I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer of Daniel Moyer Photography. Together, we are two wedding pros sharing our best tips, tricks, and advice for planning a wedding that feels good to you. Because planning a wedding is hard work, but not anymore, because we've got your back. So Dan, are you ready? You know it. Let's do this. What's up, Ringers? Episode 94 of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. I am Dan. What's up, Danielle? I am Dan. I am actually fabulous. How are you? Oh, but you, uh, so you're actually fabulous this time as compared to not fabulous the other times? Do you say you're fabulous? <laughs> no. Well, here's the thing. We're recording this on a Monday, which normally is like, you know, Monday, one day, whatever. But tonight I'm going to put together, guys, I'm so excited. I got a new organizational furniture piece. From Ikea? Yeah, like a cabinet thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, tonight I get to put it together. See, here's the thing. I have always had a spot in my dining room that needed a cabinet. In your dining room? In our dining room, yes. Our house has no storage. And I finally got these cabinets. They were 72 pounds each. I had to drive my little tush down to Ikea. I got them into my car myself because they finally were in stock. I couldn't risk waiting for Mike. 72 pounds each. I hoisted these things into my car with the help of the kiddo in the house. And they're still in my car because there's no way I'm bringing them in the house. But tonight, I am putting these things together. And it's going to be an organizational dream in my dining room tonight. What's going in them? Oh, well, I will tell you. Board games, first and foremost. Okay, yeah. But right now, we just have this space in our dining room that collects stuff. 
And that's fine, but I want it close. I want it behind cabinet doors that you cannot see into. Maybe that's why I'm fabulous. Come to our house and organize some things because we're at the stage where, uh, like, the babies like to throw things. That means like emptying out all the bins of toys, like into the abyss of our house. That means throwing like bananas or like mac and cheese off their tray onto like the hardwood floor. And then it like, it's amazing how quickly banana and mac and cheese congeal onto <laughs> a, a floor. Uh, it's amazing. Like, and then there's just like these little like weird, like oily, like pock marks that all over like the floor that like, I'm trying to scrape up and I'm just like, kids. Ah. I would gladly come to your house and clean. If we were in the middle of a COVID pandemic, I would gladly come and clean. I like organizing anything. So Mike doesn't know what he's in for when he gets home from work. Oh, boy. Get excited. <laughs> I'm going to text him right now and be like, bro, run. <laughs> <laughs> She's got her organizing eyes on. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. hey, it's anyway. like it fills my tank. Like, I love an organized situation. So we should do an episode on organizing your wedding. OMG. All the spreadsheets. Isn't that what a timeline is? Isn't that like our timeline episodes? That's kind of the same. Kind of. That's true. Okay. Fair enough. But what you did say, though, was like filling your tank, right? Like that is what fills your tank. And I think if we can make a stretch of an analogy and a segue. Uh, segue away. That's like what we're – a segue away. Um, so what we're talking about today, today we're talking about filling your tank, right? And it's talking about making both time for you, you as an individual on the wedding day, and making time for you collective, both of you on the wedding day. Right. Because like your wedding day is about you and your partner. Right. But we also talk a lot about this as your party for everyone else. But we don't ever want to lose sight of the idea that you need to take care of you on this day. And before we really get into that, like we have um, limited resources, right? Money, time, energy. Those are our limited resources, among other things. But when you think about your wedding day. And I promise when you talk about your wedding day to other people, there will be a general consensus of people saying, oh my God, your day is going to go by so fast. It will go by in a blink. They're not kidding. It's 100% true. And it's true for a couple of reasons. There is a ton of anticipation leading up to the day, right? You have that like countdown going, you know, 200 days to go, 150 days to go, seven days to go, all the things. And it's really similar to when you plan a vacation, right? You're so excited. You're so excited. You're so excited. It feels like it takes forever to finally arrive. And then once you finally get your buns in gear and you're on your day one of your vacation, it blink and it flies by. Weddings are really similar in that sense. Yeah, I feel like they're similar for two reasons. One is that like every single second of your day is scheduled, right? So like it's just like you move from one thing to the next to the next from the very beginning to the very end, right? And this also goes by because you're like constantly looking forward to the next thing, right? Like you're in the morning, you're popping bottles, mimosas and stuff. And then you're like, yeah, this is awesome. And then like, then also you start thinking like, oh, this is kind of fun. I wonder what he's doing. I wonder what she's doing. I wonder how they look in their suit or their tux. Oh, I can't wait to see them. And then you like, then you see them at the aisle and then you hug them and you kiss them. And then all of a sudden you go from that into pictures. And then you go from pictures into the reception. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, our first dance. And all of a sudden it's like party time. So this is amazing. And then all of a sudden before you know it's over, right? You go from all that and you just like, like fly through the day. That was like real time. That's how fast it goes right there. Exactly what Dan just said. That's real time. <laughs> I mean, that's it, right? Like we're not six years old anymore, like with nothing else to do other than popping bubbles running around in our backyard. All the more reason to take some you time and take a breather on your wedding day. Yeah. So 
being realistic, we recognize that you probably don't have time for a morning, afternoon, and evening meditation session followed by some like healthy eating and a like a yoga class, right? And if you do, oh my gosh, go for that. Share your secrets. <laughs> Please write a book, okay? But there's things that we can do and be proactive about to help our future selves out a little bit because you deserve it. That day, yes, it's about like this wonderful event that you're hosting for everybody else, but at the core of it is the start of your marriage to your partner. And that's a big deal. And I think what a lovely way to enter into that chapter by filling your tank and like feeling most like you. Obviously, not without a little bit of stress and emotions and excitement and all the things, but still at the core of like who you are, not like a raging lunatic or, you know, somebody ready to pull their hair out or, you know, just all the good things. So to kind of like lead into this conversation, I just want to talk about the idea of making time for you, not you as the couple, we're going to talk about that later, but just you as an individual human being, because your wedding day is not your time to stray really far from your regular routine within reason. Obviously, again, you can only do so much, but like think of what you normally need each day. Like what are your necessities? What are the things that calm and center you? What are the things that annoy the living daylights out of you? Don't do those things, but things like that, you know? So there's a saying when you're like running a marathon or half marathon long distance, right? On race day, tried and true, nothing new, right? Or nothing new, tried and true, same thing. I've never heard that. I also don't run. Well, truth. But you can apply that to anything. Like what they say is like on race morning, you're a little bit nervous. You're like your central nervous system is like ready to go. You know, like you're waking up with this thing to do. Um, and sometimes like that can have an effect on our bodies in general, our general physiology. This is not like a time and I'm talking still race terminology here, to like try the new energy drink or to try the new like race packet, right? It's like, what have you used through training, training being everyday life that like fuels you, right? So this is not the time to try the new mud mask or whatever, you know, that's like instantly going to clear your skin overnight. This is not the time to like try these things. It is what makes you feel good? What do you know makes you feel good? And you do those things, right? So what's your morning routine? Do you have a morning routine, Danielle? <laughs> uh, yes, it's faulty right now, but there's a little bit of a routine going. I feel like I have some bad habits at the moment that I'm trying to kick that involve checking my phone first thing. But on my good days, the days that I feel like my best days, I definitely have a morning routine. And I know you do too. Yep, I do. Mine has to be very flexible right now because of babies and all that stuff. But like my two things that I realized that I need most are movement and quiet time. So basically movement and meditation. And so like very simply, like those are the two smallest things. It usually takes me about 15 minutes total to like do the things. Um, I go for a walk and I come back and have like five minutes quiet time or sometimes I'll do that app calm and that feels good, right? But then if I've got more time, I add some things into there, right? I'll do a little bit longer of a workout. I'll play with some kettlebells and then, you know, I'll do the full app and I'll do like a little bit of like gratitude journaling afterward. And then like I'll do my to-do list and plan the day if I've got more time. But you guys out there, you have like things that like fill you up, right? You know, what do you think, Daniel? What could they be? Yeah. Well, I mean, like sometimes you want to wake up. Well, I'm not a coffee drinker, but Dan, I'm pretty sure you still are. But like, if you wake up and you're a coffee drinker, like the morning of your wedding, you may not be getting ready at home. So like make a plan where you're going to go wake up and get your coffee from. Or if you're too busy, who can you say like, hey, I need you to make sure that we have like coffee for everybody. Or maybe you need to have food in your stomach. You want to make sure you have breakfast planned. 
This way, your hangry and your irritable side will stay at bay, right? Right. Yeah. And it is whatever it is. Like, you know what works for you, right? Like, there are many things that people do. They read in the morning. They journal. You talked about coffee. You know, sometimes people are just like, I need a glass of water with a squeezed lemon in it, right? I do water with a splash of iodine (laughs) in the morning. So that works good for my thyroid anyway. So, yeah. Maybe you need to shower, maybe like Dan said, meditating or praying, working out. I have often had to work around timelines so that one of or both of my couples could work out. Do you know I had a groom once run a marathon the morning of his wedding, a major runner, like this was not outside of the norm for him. Not only did he run the marathon, he won the marathon and then he went and got married. And I was like, all right, well, you're having a great day, my friend. (laughs) It's incredible. I was so excited for him. Anyway, whatever fills your tank in the morning, like starting your day off with, even if it's just like Dan said, obviously he would love to have an hour to himself in the morning, but right now he can squeeze in 15 minutes and he's just making the most out of those 15 minutes. And, you know, you do have to be a little bit realistic with this, right? Like I actually really wanted to do a run on our wedding morning. And it's funny because like, I think maybe one out of the five groomsmen that I had were like, okay, I'll go for a run. And the rest of them were like, well, whatever you want to do, I guess we'll go too. And then like when it came to it, like realistically, there wasn't really wasn't time. Right. But we substituted that time with going to a diner and like chumming around. Right. And that, that actually filled me up just as much because it took my mind off of like the jitters, right? Like I was just able to go out with my guys. We had a breakfast, we chummed around, razzed each other a little bit and then went back and started getting ready. But my buddy Ryan brought boxing mitts down because he knows that I'm just a generally like very rambunctious, energy filled person. So he ran, as you can tell by the fact that I'm talking so fast already right now, he ran me through some boxing drills in the morning just to like get my energy out, which is the whole reason for the run anyway. Yeah. So like when you're planning this stuff out, make sure you're waking up with enough time to do it and be realistic. Yeah. I think food is really, which might just be who I am as a person. But for me, (laughs) food is like at the core of taking care of yourself throughout the day, right? Like know what you're going to have for breakfast. If you're a breakfast person, get something in your stomach. Even if it's something that you're just going to pick on, have something there. Because the last thing you want is to wake up hungry, not have a way to eat, and then be like, ugh, this is killing me. And same goes for lunch. Make sure you plan for food before the wedding officially kicks off, not just for you, but for like, you know, everyone involved in your little getting ready unit, but all the meals. Keep your belly from being empty all day and stay hydrated. I promise that, and this is for most of you, certainly not everybody. Some of you have just amazing stomachs, but your excitement of all the things will mask some of your hunger pains. And it's going to get to a point, it'll just hit you really hard that you are starving and now you're lightheaded and now you're maybe you're queasy or you have a headache or whatever it is. Your body's going to be firing on really different cylinders because you have all of this adrenaline going through you. So keep in mind that what you normally do is going to be what it wants, but it's not going to give you the normal signals of what it wants like it does on a regular day because it's like Christmas morning for your stomach. (laughs) Yes, seriously. And even if you don't feel like eating, just eat something, right? Make sure you have some crackers or toast or something there that's like really simple. The amount of people, brides, grooms in general, who 
don't eat something before they leave for a ceremony and you're talking like now we're at like two o'clock in the afternoon and they've like barely eaten anything is the recipe for disaster that Danielle's talking about because it will hit you like a ton of bricks, especially if you've just been having like a little champagne or whatever here and there all morning and then all of a sudden you haven't had anything to eat. It's not a good situation. Even if you don't feel like eating something, just a little something to churn on. Yeah, I find it too often hits in that last half hour before the ceremony starts because there's almost this weird quiet that happens in those last few minutes because the couple can't really do too much because guests are starting to arrive. So everybody's kind of tucked away. It's the epitome of waiting in anticipation in that moment. And that's often the time where I will have a couple say like, do you have anything to eat? And that's when I start whipping out all the bars and the things, you know, so that they can get something into their stomach. But I actually saw something and I feel like I can find a lot of reasons as to how this would be logistically really complicated. But I also kind of loved it. And that was to share a meal before you walk down the aisle with your partner. Obviously, this works only if you're going to be seeing each other prior to the wedding. But if you're a person that won't have like an extremely nervous stomach in that moment. It almost feels like a genius time to sneak in food where there's kind of isn't anything else going on anyway that you need to be somewhere. You'll have like a nice full belly at the altar, which may or may not be a good thing, I guess. But then as you kind of go through the rest of the night, you have some energy in you and you have some sustenance in you versus like waiting for cocktail hour to get that like one pig in a blanket into your gullet. Before we move on to like making time for yourselves as a couple, a quick little story. Actually, two weeks ago, I had a wedding, small wedding, down from 150 people to like 17. It was beautiful, right? Like reception ended up being like 17 people surrounded like this like big table put together. It was nice. All just family. But in the morning, the bride is generally like a very personal person. She is very introverted, right? So she's like needs her quiet time and all that kind of stuff. And she had kind of sent everybody else away to do things and to get ready. Like they were getting dresses on or whatever. She'd already had her dress on. She sent mom away and everything. And it was just her and I in there. And I was taking some portraits of her and I like realized like I had a unique option at that point and just be like, hey, do you want some time to yourself for like five, 10 minutes, right? Do you want to take a little bit of time for yourself and just like do your thing for a couple minutes? Because this is the last point of the day in which like you're going to be pulled in a million different directions for the rest of the day. Do you want that time? And she's like, you know what? Yes, I do. So I guess it doesn't matter if you're paying a photographer to be there, if you're paying a videographer to be there, you can send them away too. You can send everybody away if you just need like a minute. And I left, came back five minutes later, and she was just like sitting there on the bed, just like kind of with her head down. And she looked so calm and serene. I don't know if there was an internal difference, but there was a visual difference. She was jittery beforehand. She was like, there was a lot of like commotion, obviously, for the morning and everything. And I could tell she needed like that reset time. So sometimes it takes a little bit of self-awareness to like say like, I need this right now. But whatever you need, most everybody's like there to support you. So just be like, hey, this is what I need right now. I need to take five minutes. I'm going over here or can everybody leave me the hell alone? <laughs> right. Well, it's hard, right? Because I think by nature, you're the star. Whether you want to be and whether you're a person that likes the spotlight or not, you are in the spotlight that day. And for some of us, like Dan, you kind of thrive in that space. For other people like me, it makes you uncomfortable. It kind of brings out your not so best side and it doesn't feel so great. You will have a lot of things coming at you that day. There's a lot of questions. The focus is on you. You're getting hair and makeup done, or you're doing this, or you're doing that, or it's a lot of you, 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 you. And similar to for those that are parents out there, or those that will eventually become parents, when you're a mom or a dad, 
it's exactly what people say when they're like, I just need five minutes to myself in the bathroom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just need a minute of quiet. The same is going to go on your wedding day. It's not going to be like, mom, 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 but it is going to be a lot of people needing your attention or wanting an answer from you or just needing something from you, potentially depleting your energy tank. So that's a really great tip, Dan. I love that she kind of had the self-awareness to say like, yeah, I would like that minute to just kind of take a second because she sounds like she needed to recharge a little bit. She needed to refocus. And that's hard to do when you've got a million people asking you questions and doing all that stuff. So don't be afraid to take that minute. Obviously, don't turn it into an hour if you really need it. But like, be mindful, obviously, of everybody else there trying to do what they got to do too. But yeah, I love that so much. So With that said, I want to talk about the idea because you as an individual human being, you're getting married on this day, and I think it's so important to take time for you, but I also love the idea of taking time for you to spend time together with your partner as either a nearlywed or newlywedded couple, right? Yep. Because once you're around all your guests, it can be really tricky to balance spending time with them while also basking in this like amazing glow of just getting married or, oh my gosh, we're about to get married, which is why I think first looks is as popular as it is, right? Like first looks didn't come to be out of anything other than, okay, obviously there's a need for this tradition, right? For so long, it's been like, hey, the couple should not see each other until they get down that aisle. But I love that in recent years, really a lot of couples have quote unquote broken that tradition. And it's not even like broken the tradition, but they've done what they wanted to do. They've bent the rules to where for them. And first looks are such a great option if you're open to them because you get to spend more time together before your guests arrive. So you don't feel like you're being pulled away from the party. Yeah. And I think that first looks, you know, whether you love them or you hate them, right? I think people are kind of split down the middle with them. There's some circumstances in which they really work well. But I think one circumstance that I don't think we've ever really talked about or had the opportunity to talk about prior to this episode is that this is a great option if like you're a jittery person and don't want all the attention on you in the morning. The amount of times that like I see that person in one of my couples, right? And it all washes away when they get together. It's like they're a totally different person when they get back together, when they're like a little unit. And I think if you're that person, right, if you don't want the center of attention on you, even though like Danielle said, like you're the star of the day, this is an awesome opportunity to cut that time short and get back together as quick as possible, right? And to like go through the rest of the day together because I think that's super important if being in the spotlight is concerning to you, if having people ask you a million questions and being poked and prodded and hair makeup and all this kind of stuff all morning has you kind of with sweaty palms, you know, the quicker that you can get to see your significant other, especially if they're a calming presence or like brings you back to zero, do that, right? Like get back together. Yeah, I mean, you can also get ready together. Like you can wake up together. I know it's common that people will spend the night before their wedding separate from one another. And that could be a ton of fun too. Like you can get together with your friends and have a fun sleepover, or maybe you just get a whole big hotel room to yourself and you like take a bubble bath and do all the things. But if you know you sleep best when you're next to your person, by all means, feel free to sleep next to your person. I am a superstitious person, guys, in so many ways, right? Like I am the type of person that if I use a certain shampoo and then I have a really bad day, I can promise you I'm probably not going to use that shampoo ever again. I don't care what it does for my hair. I'm not going back to it. It's who I am. (laughs) But the idea of like, don't see your partner on the wedding day thing is outdated. And 
to prove it to you, I actually grabbed an excerpt from an article that was written by a person named Jamie Mackey. It's an article in Brides. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. But Dan, if you don't mind, I want to read this excerpt from it because I think it helps put in perspective why this thing exists and where it came from and really shows why you can rethink it if you're leaning in that direction. Do it up. Okay. The excerpt says, call it bad luck or superstition. Not seeing one another before the ceremony can make that first moment as you walk down the aisle even more special. But the tradition has less than romantic origins. Arranged marriages used to be the norm, serving more as a business deal between families than a love match. In fact, the couple didn't just spend the morning of the wedding apart. There was a time when it was totally normal and even expected for the couple to have never seen one another before the wedding at all. The deal was usually made by the bride's father, who wanted his daughter to marry Rich to help his own family. However, he might worry that if the groom sees the bride before the ceremony, he might not find her attractive and could call off the wedding, leading to serious shame for the bride and her family. Talk about bad luck. So to avoid risking the family's reputation, the tradition that the couple didn't see each other until the ceremony was born. The veil also comes into play here, too. By having a veil over the bride's face, the groom wouldn't see her until the very last moment at the end of the ceremony when they're meant to kiss, when it was too late to back out. The superstition about a bride and a groom seeing one another before the ceremony has evolved into the much more romantic idea that the groom shouldn't see the bride in her wedding dress until she walks down the aisle. But today it can symbolize the pair coming together to start their lives in front of the people who have supported and loved them along the way. So with that said, guys, chances are high. I don't get the statistics on our podcast listeners as to how many of you are being sold off to your future spouses in return for like land or farm animals or whatever it is. But I'm willing to bet that most of you that isn't the case. So take that out of it. You know what I mean? Like your partner is not going to back off or change their mind about marrying you because they suddenly saw your face. They know you. They've seen you wake up with the like mascara under your eyes because you forgot to wash your face the night before and your hair and your bangs are going in all 17 different directions. (laughs) And like you've got the morning breath. They've been there with you through that. So it's okay if you want to wake up together on your wedding day or get ready together on your wedding day. It is okay. It's okay to thumb your nose to this old school tradition. Love it. There's another part of the day which I've seen probably more popping up, uh, more so lately than I ever have before. And it all started with a couple, I think, 2017. They're a very religious couple, and the marriage ceremony was deep for them, right? They got married in this outdoors, John James Audubon Center, underneath these, like, two beautiful trees. And after the ceremony, they literally, like, bolted across this big field and then walked over to um so the property that we were on has lots of different buildings and things there's a meadow on one end and there's a building with a porch that overlooks that meadow and so they just went over there and they sat on this swing on the porch and just looked at the meadow and i knew they were gonna do this i talked to them early about it and they said that they just needed time with each other to reflect on what they just did to like let it really solidify and um, it's like a little meditation. They prayed together. They held hands. And I didn't say anything. I just took pictures and stayed away as much as I possibly could. And Danielle will talk about, you know, this can be logistically tough to do sometimes. But I think finding a time maybe after the ceremony where the two of you can just like go off 
and do your thing and just like let it soak in away from everybody else. You're getting pulled in a million different directions. And in a couple minutes, you're about to enter a room anyway with a bajillion people in it. So like taking this little time out right after the ceremony is both really sweet because you're like on the high of literally just getting married. But also it's just sweet because like it's the perfect time to do it, really. You can do it maybe during the reception, too. But like it's just such a sweet time to be able to give yourself five, ten minutes after the ceremony just to be together, be alone and be like sweetly in the moment. I love that. It's actually one of the many things that make Jewish weddings really smart and great. So they have what's called a kid. It was originally like just uninterrupted time for the couple to just be together since they couldn't do any hanky panky prior to getting married. That's less the case now, but it's still a really great practice because you get to use that time however you like. So this is a great way to like take a tradition that maybe you do or don't practice and incorporate that in this like amazing timeout right after your ceremony happens. And what I love about that too is that it is taken very seriously, right? Like sometimes they will kind of, I don't know, tongue in cheek, like have people guard the door so nobody goes in, but it's like everybody gets it. Everybody there understands that like the couple's taking their time. You do not interrupt them. Um, And I just think it's great how like serious it's taken and it's almost expected for like this couple, like people pick out venues specifically to have this like extra room that's close by to the ceremony space that they can go have this you kid. And I've seen it many times pop up. And again, it's like just a very sweet, very serious thing that like everybody understands and everybody gets. I think it can definitely transition over into non-Jewish weddings. And I think a lot of people can learn from that for sure. Yeah, for sure. I like the idea of maybe doing a sweetheart table at your reception. A sweetheart table is a table, you know, so you've got everybody for dinner or whatever type of meal you're doing for your reception. It is just a table for you and your partner. There's only two people at the table. There's no wedding party. There's no parents. There's no anything. It's just you and your partner. Now, there are pros and cons to doing this, but it could really be a great moment for you to just enjoy your dinner and, as Dan says, kind of like observe your land from the top of your mountain, right? Yep. Survey your land. Yeah. But here's the thing with sweetheart tables. And Dan, I'm curious if you've observed this too or surveyed it, if you will. It's very often that I see a couple sitting at their sweetheart table trying desperately to eat their food and they kind of have guest after guest kind of coming up to them the entire time. Yeah. I think it's in nature. Like people are really excited. But I think that sometimes that is curtailed by trying to like go around to a couple tables and like doing some waves before that. But I think the benefits of the sweetheart table far outweigh people coming up. The one thing I'd say about sweetheart tables that I love most is that like from a visual standpoint, right? Like I'm a highly visual person and I literally just posted a picture today on my Instagram about the same idea is that it's one of the moments in the wedding day where like People coming up aside, everybody's like doing their own thing, right? Like they're not watching you. Like they're all sitting at their tables. They're catching up with the people around them. They're waiting for their food to come out. They're chumming or whatever. And it's like the first time where the couple is like kind of like not the center of attention for a minute. The visual that I always get is it might as well be the two of you sitting in a restaurant any other day. Right. Like you could just be any other day at some restaurant, your favorite restaurant with just a bunch of people around you chatting and catching up or whatever. And if you choose to just like look around and enjoy like the view of all these people there for you, loving on each other and like catching up. But this day, it just happens to be your wedding day. I say it to my couples all the time. Like it could totally be any other day, but this day happens to be your wedding day. And the more you guys just like let that soak in that these are people who are here for you. 
you can be like a third party observer for like one minute. And it's really beautiful to see like, cause I'm always watching people, right. To see a couple like sit back, they put their arms around each other, whatever. And they just like, just for like a minute, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, whatever. They just look around and you can see like this breath and live in them. And I'm no romanticizing this maybe a little bit, but it's true. Like I see these things I'm paid to look for little moments like this. And it's beautiful. It's a real thing that happens. And I think if you choose a sweetheart table, Make sure that you do this. Take a little mental snapshot, look around, survey your land and all the people who are there gathered for you. Yes, that's great advice. I also think if you're going to do a sweetheart table, don't leave your spouse there. This is your time to spend it together. It's going to look and feel really awkward if one of you gets up to go get a drink from the bar and then doesn't come back for another 20 minutes, right? The other person's going to be kind of left there. I'm a person that personally, I love when I see a couple spending time together and navigating the room together on their wedding day, whether it's dancing on the dance floor or just going from table to table, whatever it is. And guys, I recognize that this is really, really dependent on the type of couple you are, the type of relationship you have together, both of your personalities and how they combine. But from a person, and I wouldn't call myself a romantic at all, it just fills my heart because it's literally the reason you're there is to see these two people coming together in such a beautiful, wonderful way. And it personally kind of bums me out a little bit when each person is on opposite sides of the room the entire night. And I have seen it and it just feels weird. Dan, what's your take on it? I'm the same person. Like I love when people are together, but part of me is like, I get it, right? Like people are all different. You know, sometimes there's like friends who like somebody doesn't know. I go back and forth on it. Sometimes I'm like, oh, you know what? Like this person goes over here and it's like chatting with this group. This person goes over here and it's chatting with that group. And like, awesome that they can like do that and come back together. And like, that's the relationship. But other part of me is like, well, should they be together, like going and celebrating as a couple to each of these tables? And part of me just like, doesn't even comment on it because it's such a personal thing for all couples. Although visually and symbolically, I do like when couples like together through the night and like visits everybody together so they can kind of be showered with praise and love and cards with money in them from like little <laughs> sweet aunt Betty sitting at her table. Yeah, there's perks, guys. There's perks to all this stuff. There's perks. So yeah, something to consider, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I remember I went to my cousin's wedding a few years ago, Mike and I went and she at one point came up to us and we were talking. They had a bunch of people there. So it was all fine. We had fun dancing. But at one point she came up to us, but never did the groom ever come up to us and nor would he have a reason to unless he was with her. So it's not really about being joined at the hip. I don't obviously expect you guys to do everything together, but maybe this is a good opportunity or in a good prompt for you as a conversation to say like, hey, how do we want to do this? Like, are you cool if I stay by your side? Are you cool if I go talk to my friends a little bit more? Like, how do we want to do this? Because the last thing you want and Boy, am I talking to my passive aggressive friends out there who know what I'm about to say is the last thing you want is for you to expect your partner to be together with you and then have them off with their friends or their family or whatever for most of the night. You're going to have that memory and that like cloud hanging over you the entire time versus if you talk about it in advance, then you're on the same page. Yeah. My wife's a totally different person on the dance floor, right? She like <laughs> hops around like a little uh, songbird, like jump in between like her friend groups, right? Like I went and grabbed my Grammy at one point, right? So we weren't like next to each other the whole time, like on the dance floor, especially as like we're like dancing with friend groups and whatever, but we're constantly like checking in with each other and like coming back and stuff. So I think like there is a natural vibe, but like, I think if this is something you're like thinking about, 
it's definitely worth a conversation, right? Like, how do you want to be? Do you want to like be together the whole entire night or what? Yeah, definitely worth a conversation. Align your expectations a little bit so that that day one of you isn't expecting something different out of your partner. Between the two of us, Dan, you are Mr. Spontaneous and I am absolutely sure. Madam Planner. But there's a ton of weight in the fact that and I will only speak for Mike and I's relationship, but like if we chat about something before something that is like either stressing me out or whatever it is, if we have a second to just kind of chat it out and I have a chance to explain like, hey, I'm going to need this from you in that situation, he then can do with that information whatever he likes. But at least I gave him that information and I'm not expecting him to be a mind reader about the situation. That's my biggest thing I've learned in this relationship is that like if I need something from him, nine times out of 10, if I ask him, He'll be happy to give it to me, but sometimes he just doesn't always know because we think so very, very differently on that front. At one time, Dan, this is like years ago now, Dan did a laser tag birthday party, right? For all of his friends. Well, we only did it once, maybe twice, but either way, I had never been to laser tag and I am absolutely the person that gets a ton of anxiety when it comes to doing something new, particularly if it involves, I will say in bunny ears, athletics, (laughs) (laughs) which to me, laser tag involves like some sort of like coordination that I probably don't have or like rules of the game, like all of that stuff makes me really nervous. And at that point, years ago, only made me more nervous. So going into it, Mike and I had the conversation of like, hey, when we get in there, you can't leave me. That said, him and I were talking about that party the other day. And he's like, I realized that when we went in there, I think I ditched you really fast. But it was because I made friends with a kid who was also like a little bit nervous. So her and I kind of like navigated the room together. (laughs) But he's like, I knew you were good because you made a buddy. So like, I was good to like go do my thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but like, just the action of talking about it in advance helped me kind of be like, hey, I'm nervous about this thing. This is what I think I'm going to need from you. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, that just goes to show our friendship, right? Like you get nervous about athletic things like laser tag. And then the next birthday you come to with me is climbing giant precarious ropes from 30 feet in the air and zip lining hundreds of feet above the ground. Yeah. There are very few friends. In fact, you might be the only friend that I would really do that for. So that should tell you how much I appreciate your friendship. (laughs) You push me outside of my comfort zone quite a bit. But I don't think I've ever done it. And I would never have done it without Mike because he's my rock. He's my person that like helps me and talks me through all that stuff. And that's where going back to it all, like it's just about kind of going through it together and making a plan, right? And guys, oh, I sound like a broken record, but the best way to retrieve anything that we talked about today is to plan and build it into your timeline because things will always take longer than you think on the wedding day. There will always be things that happen that you aren't expecting. But if you plan and build for these little things that fill your tank, that make you happy, that you know make you feel like such a great person, you're going to be setting yourself up for so much more success that day than if you're just like cross your fingers and hope it all works out. Yes. And you really need to get a planner or a coordinator who's a professional, right? Like even me being in the wedding world for however many years before I got married, still got a coordinator to say like, okay, this is all the stuff we want to do. This is the vision we have. Is it realistic? Right? Like there's still stuff now that like when we talking and I'm like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. You're like, no, you don't do that. And that's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Like, yeah, well, it'll totally work. It's going to be fine. And you'd be like, no, 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 that's not how that works. You need a timeline, right? Or like you need to plan it out. And having a coordinator, somebody who is an 
expert in this, expert in time management, and can make it happen for you and can keep you on schedule is something that is invaluable. But yeah, like Danielle said, best way, build it, plan it into the timeline. Just to add to what you're saying about the planner is that find somebody that understands what you want out of it. Like you don't necessarily have to fit entirely into their box, right? Like if there's things that you need to do find some sort of compromise with it. But there is a way to build a timeline that still takes into account all the things that you need to do, plus all the things that need to happen. So that is where we will leave you for this episode. And I am just so excited to hear all of the things that you're going to do. Send us a thing on Instagram. We want to know what you have going on, what you're going to do for you, what you're going to do to fill your tank, how you're going to be this amazing person with your partner. And we want to hear all about it at Put A Ring On A Podcast on Instagram. And I can't wait. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Put A Ring On A Podcast. Hey, before we wrap up this episode, we want to take a minute and give lots of love and virtual high fives to all of our Patreon supporters. We wouldn't be here without you. You guys are the best. Yeah, you are. And if you want to join this fabulous community of ringers, because let's be real, things are way easier when you have a solid support system who's going through it just like you are. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I, or just click the link in the show notes. Yeah, not only are you helping out our show, but we are committed to bringing you a ton of extra help along the way. Like we've said, we got your back. Another way you can show your support is to rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. If you want to dive deeper on anything that we talked about today, check out the show notes at putaringonapodcast.com. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, where you can catch some more tips, see Dan's amazing photos, and watch some behind-the-scenes bloopers. Follow us at Put A Ring On It Podcast. Now, friends... Remember, we are here to help you, but no matter whose advice you follow or what decisions you make, know that your wedding is going to be amazing. Because you rock! (laughs) Until next time, ringers.